Oh my darling, will we ever be together? I feel like this war is just going to keep us apart forever. Well, I certainly hope we can be together, but only time will tell. There's just all these barriers standing in the way. All, all we want to do is talk about our weeks. Yes, and, and about things we played and watched and, and listened to. Indeed. All we want to do is just keep up to date on these things on a weekly basis, but life just wants to stand in the way of us. Whatever can we do, darling? How, how will we survive? I mean, wh- wh- what is the future for us? Well, I think we're going to be okay in the end, because when it comes down to it, we're just a couple of queer and pleasant strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eyre Spector. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do silly voices and skits and generally have a bit of a giggle together for a while. How are you doing this week, Jane? Uh, you similarly yeah this i know we've this is the thing the last couple of weeks of like it's how building, have you been this week have just been us going uh. this this is this, this the last couple of weeks have been the click 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 it's 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 like you're on and saturday morning is going to be the last couple of weeks have been like being on an exercise bike when you think you're on a real bicycle and you're like pedaling really fast but just not going anywhere and you're like, I-, I need to get to the place, I'm moving my feet fast, why isn't it going faster? I liked my roller coaster analogy. Yeah, I, I like your roller coaster good. analogy as well, but but that's that's the picture I've had in my head all week. It's just, I'm, I thought I was on a normal bike, but I'm on an exercise bike. I'm spinning my wheels. Scream if you want to move faster. <laughs> yeah, at the moment my, my flat's become incredibly depressing because it is just a mountain of my crap in boxes and bin bags and then, you know. Yeah, my my office is currently just like well a laptop, a desk. There's a laptop on a desk and a glass of water and that's about <gasps> it. <laughs> glass of water. Bloody luxury. Oh I know a glass of water might even have a slice of bread later. <laughs> a whole oh. slice of bread. Oh I know they do spoil me here in this office. I used to dream of a slice of bread. <laughs> slice Let's of not go there. No, to be fair, I'll be eating a slice of bread because it's about all the house about all the house. It's about all the food I've got left in the house because I'm currently like trying to get down the food so that like I'm not trying to move a bunch of food. I'm a terrible hoarder of discount food, so um, I've had to eat a lot of chickpeas in the last couple of weeks. That is, they're on sale. That is totally fair. Like, I I am a hoarder of like frozen ready meals when they're cheap. So I, this <sighs> week has been like several days of like, okay, let's get rid of those those frozen chicken curries that have just been sat in oh. the freezer. <laughs> Frozen curry. Oh, oh god! I know. I don't have the space in my freezer for. for I, aren't curry. you excited? I barely got the space in there for the ice that <laughs> glues itself to the ceiling. Aren't you excited to have freezer space? <gasps> oh, it's been my greatest dream for <laughs> I'm... the last nineteen months I'm... while I've been living here. I am. I am so excited because the next time we record this, we're going to be recording both of us in the same room. <gasps> dum dum dum. I know. No more recording over Skype. It's going to be very weird to be able to see each other when we do this. It is. I imagine it's only going to get more off-putting. 
It's one of those things, like, I've I've podcasted in the same room as people before, like, um, most of the episodes that were recorded of the Crystal Clodcast, which is the Steven mm-hmm. Universe podcast I did for a while, they were all recorded in the same room, but generally podcasting for me is just me staring at one square of blank wall. That's just mm. what podcasting is, it's me talking to the wall and, and waiting for it to talk back. <laughs> Talk to the wall, because the internet's listening. <laughs> so, should, with that out the way, should we do oh. the things of the week? Or or have you got any anywhere else you want to go? Um, well, you know, I want to go to our new flat. That's where <gasps> I want to go. Ooh. I want to I go there too. But by the time you hear this, we'll probably be there. <gasps> da, da, da. It's true. I know. This will be... Well, I'm going to do my half of the edit probably tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, I... And then set it ready to upload. I am going to do my bit of the edit, like, the morning after we record. Um, and then I'll... I'll uh, it's going to be a weird few days, but by the time you mm-hmm. hear this, we will hopefully just be, like, in a new oh. place and everything will be very nice. We will be collapsed in a heap, surrounded by empty boxes, hopefully. And a very that, confused I think, cat. I think that's very optimistic to think all of the boxes will be empty by the time not, that not people all of hear them, this. But a good nightly number of boxes, I feel, will probably be emptied. I think we, we can hope to have a few boxes at least empty by the time this goes up. So yeah. Yeah, yeah let's hope. We'll cross our fingers. Let's let's make our way through the mountain. Yes. Feel free to tweet us and ask how, how many empty boxes are there and we'll let you know. <laughs> uh, so what have you been playing this week because that's usually Ooh. where we start that's my list i have played i i mentioned it briefly last week um i played streets of red and now i've finished streets of red Ooh. and i want to play more streets of red well when we are in the new place we can play some of it co-op but uh, <laughs> have, have, have your thoughts on it changed much since you last played it well i given that i only played maybe sort of 10 15 minutes of it last week uh, i didn't I, I was just thinking, I enjoyed this from the standpoint of a it's a nice classic style brawler, but now I have actual thoughts. Um it's awesome. Um you can you you get to pick from your four four nerds that have been uh, surrounded by zombies suddenly at a gaming convention. And they each seem to have um seem to be based off other video games. So you have um one guy who gets a sword and shield and is very much basically sort of your link character. Um, there's a, sh- a shovel knight guy, sort of a, a burly guy with a beard. Um, there is a woman with a dog. Uh, but when um, you actually start the um, start sort of playing the game, she she's wearing um, Magitech, like the the mech suit walkie things from Final Fantasy VI. And then there is a small, short ninja guy who is awesome, teenage person uh, with uh, armed with Sai, who I, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe Turtles Arcade because I can only think of Raphael being a famous ninja person with Sai. Yeah, it's it's really good. You get um, you sort of start off at your sort of level select screen. You can pick one of four stages to play through. And depending on which order you pick them in, you will play however many extra stages. So you'll play uh, one stage, one part of the first stage, one part, two, two of the second, and so on and so on. Mm. Um, so 
depending on which order you play them, you might see much, much more of one particular stage, which means there is a, a good amount of replayability to sort of see mm. all the different bits. Um, I, got, I found Jim. Oh, lovely boy, Jim. That's that's good. You 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 can make sure you shepherd us through the levels in the right way that I get to see Jim too. I, I well, I mean, you he he is uh, an evolved boss in every every single one along that particular Ooh, track. Nice. So in the first one, he is just sort of like um, leapy around, shooty bang bang, um, sort of firing big laser cannon across the screen because he seems to be some kind of cyborg. And then he'll be sort of flying around and bombarding you in the next stage. And the stage after that, he's basically a giant Terminator head on wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen the stage four of that. Um, so I will have to go back and try that one. Um, there's uh, another one where you seem to be sort of the, the main boss that you encounter starts off as, um, the, uh, it's been too long since I watched Strangly Thongs. <laughs> oh, uh, season one or season Thongs? two? Season one. Demogorgon. Demogorgon, yeah. It was the Demogorgon. So the, fir- the first stage looks very much like the Demogorgon. But by the time you get to, I think it's the third stage, it looks like a giant alien queen. Um, And, and that's a really fucking cool boss that fight. That sounds pretty heckin' cool. Um, it's it's got this nice little mechanic where basically you, um, if you do a finisher, a special move to like uh, kill them, uh, kill any of your enemies, um, you will get extra money depending on how many you kill. You can get bonuses. You can get bonus health for killing like three or four or up to six, I think, for with with a fatality. Yeah. Uh, so you'll get more money and and occasionally some health. The more money you get because there's no life system. Basically, ah. you can buy additional credits with your money, and the cost for credits goes up the further through the game you get. Okay, that's But you can also use that money for um, purchasing bonuses. Mm. So you can, uh, at the end of every level, the little slot machine thing comes up. You can pick from four different power-ups if you can afford them, and you have an option of... Things like uh, run faster, more special power, more health, do more damage, uh, knock people over as you run past them. Sort of all different power-ups and and some very specific to your characters tied to their special moves about how you can do that, uh, how you can do those or what damage they do, what what range they do. It's really good. So it's got all that nice sort of classic brawler um, style. It's, nicely the controls are really good and then you've got like the extra sort of modern things of permadeath once you run out of money to buy new credits that is it your save is wiped you have to start back at the beginning it's really good i am very excited to try some we shall play it together indeed we shall what, what, what have you played uh, so I, I started playing something, and I've played a bit more since I last talked to you about it. Um, oh, but okay. I'm, uh, I don't know how to feel about it yet. Still, I'm not super You're keen about on that it. one. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Agatha Knife, which we've both played some of, and I played a yeah. bit more of during my work day today. Okay. Um, so Agatha Knife is a sort of uh, 2D perspective. Um, it's point and click. Pardon? 
It's a point and click. It's, it's, it's a point and click, except you're like using a controller interface that isn't great. It's, it's a sort of like Aww. adventure point and click game where you play as this seven-year-old girl who lives in a butcher shop and she likes animals, but she also really likes meat and cutting up the animals to make meat to eat. And it, it seems like it's going entirely for like shock value juxtaposition of here is cute aesthetic and dark subject material like that seems like it's the game's whole gimmick is let's put something cute opposite something really horrifying and the whole idea of the game is that to try and reconcile the fact that she likes animals but also likes meat and animals you know don't like getting killed she basically wants to start her own religion to A, increase meat sales in the butchers, and B, make the animals not scared when she goes to cut them up. And um, the two things I'm really taking away from the game right now, the control scheme is not intuitive. Um, So you use the left stick to move the character around, the right stick to move the sort of what would be your mouse pointer around. You then... Only when you're, like, over a thing that you can interact with, have to press a button to bring up the list of interactions you can do that then correspond to different buttons to do those different interactions. There was something early on that we both had to to deal with where it's like, okay, you have to put a form in a slot. So you don't just get the form. You have to walk over, move the pointer, um, bring up your interactions on the form, pick up the form, go to the the place where the slot is, you click on the slot and you're like, oh, there's no interaction to use things from my bag. So you have to go into the bag, select the item, get the item out, move the pointer back to the slot. Then you get the option to put the thing in the slot. And it's just everything about trying to control this game just feels clunky and stilted and slow. There was actually another step in there you missed. What what step did I skip? The the extra step is uh, that you have to... Get the the form out once already, and then click it on the confessional box. Oh, yes. The guy then says, okay, stick it in the slot. You then have to get it back out of your inventory (laughs) and put it back in the box. Yeah. It's just painful to control. It's painfully cluttered. Um, And then the other thing that just, like... I've I've come across more of this since um, since we played the other night. Um, It's... It feels like every bit of NPC interaction is just designed to be as shocking as possible. Um, yeah. And it's weird, because there there are points at which the dialogue is almost progressive, hmm. but but it's sort of made not... Pro- it's made weird by the fact that these like very progressive-y conversations are being had with a seven-year-old, and it's like, I, I don't know if this is appropriate, and again, it's it hmm. seems to be trying to go for this juxtaposition of this thing, but but also this. They don't go together. Um, a mm. lot of the conversations that happen just make no sense why you would talk about them. Like, one of the first conversations I had with an NPC was, like, a father and son at a grave, and the father talking about, like, oh yeah, no, my son's distraught because I dug up his mother who died who he was grieving for, and made her into soup and fed it to him, and that did not stop whining. Yeah, and that didn't stop his grieving. It made him grieve more. What on earth? And it's it seems like it's just going for cuteness juxtaposed mm. with horrifying thoughts. And the more I play of that game, the more that continues to be the case. I'm just not enjoying it. It's a lot of yeah. words and very slow and clunky and like just 
it's trying to shock me, but it's so transparent in how it's trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I think that, the fact that obviously you've got the elderly couple who are talking about religion, you've got yeah. the father and son, uh, the son is horror is is seriously grieving and then traumatised on top of that by the father. You've got your mother who seems to be fairly despondent and then you meet the um, uh, trans uh, sex worker outside the church and it's like, okay, I, it's nice to see that there is a representation of a, a, of a trans character who, I, who identifies themselves as male but likes wearing um, feminine clothing. Absolutely fine. Then you make that person a sex worker, which is horribly tropey. Yeah. And then you have the fact that their idle animation is uh, their the top of their, their dress falls down. Mm. They then pull that up, wink at the camera, and then after a couple of seconds, they scratch their, their junk. So all, all of that is weird and tropey, but it's also juxtaposed with, like, when that sex worker is talking about sex work, they talk about it in a really, like, positive way, where they're like, I really hey, look, it's, it's just like any other work. I enjoy what I do. Sure, there are some issues with, like, people being trafficked into this work, and that is not good. However, that is not the case for me. Mm. Um, you know any prejudices you might have about sex work are probably because of the way you were brought up and you were probably brought up with those prejudices so I'm not going to judge you for having them. Like, mm. the conversation there was good. It was just, like, wrapped in this tropey, weird packaging. Oh, yeah. I don't... I, 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 I'm not enjoying playing it, but it doesn't no. feel like... It's not like one of those games where, like, the whole point of it is to go... Um, lol, SJW snowflakes or something. Like, there are hmm. points where it's clearly written from, like, a fairly progressive understanding yeah. of of things, and it makes criticisms of things like religion that I personally look at and go, yeah, that feels like a fair yeah. assessment of, of some religions, but uh, I just, I struggle with this game. I Yeah. I want to like it, but it doesn't want, but I can't like it. Exactly, and and because it seems to be trying to be quite edgy some of the time, like it then makes me flinch about some of the uh, trans characters, uh, because that's not the the only the the sex work you meet outside mm. the church is not the only person. Because I'm pretty sure later on you meet Lady Lady Beard, um, yeah, of like, internet fame there, and wherever else. Yeah. There are definitely like non-traditional gender presenting characters. This good. That are like fairly well presented at times, but also really badly presented at times, and I just can't work out what this. I don't understand yeah. what position. Who created this game? Like, I don't understand what kind of person makes both of the halves of this game that don't mesh. Yeah, it's it's odd. Um, it it has a weird sort of dissonance to it. Um, the other thing that I. I really struggled with with was the fact that the font it starts the game in is uh it looks like a seven-year-old child's handwriting which is really hard to read obviously fits quite well with the theme but at the same time you also have i can't read this and it it took a while for me to realize that i can just pop into the inventory and change the text to there's, sort of a more yeah. read- legible there's one. There's not really anything to say if you go into your, your inventory bag that will give you a prompt to change the text. It's yeah. You sort of have to push through like a good 20 minutes of this game to the point that you first need to get an item out of your bag. 
And then it's like, oh yeah, do you want to swap to this actually readable text? It's like, oh god, yes, please. Yeah, I mean, that should have been somewhere much further on, much nearer the beginning. Indeed. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm sort of morbidly curious about what happens next. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm that far through it. Um, yeah, it's apparently We haven't six, actually set the religion up. It's it's apparently six to eight hours long. Oh, sweet Christmas. I'm yeah. not sure I can be bothered with that. I, I, that's the thing. Maybe is, if, not, then. If this was like three to four hours max, maybe, I might sit and like force my way through just to see what happens. But like yeah. at six to eight, I'm like, I, I can't bring myself to plod through this game for that long. No, yeah. Which which is okay. A, yeah, I might just give up on that now. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Um, yeah. So, what have you played this week? I have also been playing some more Splatoon too. Oh, we both did a bit of that this week, didn't we? Yeah, not not been super happy with that lately. Yeah, like. The, the summary is something's happened very recently that means people are playing a lot more aggressively and shooting at other players rather than the floors and walls quite so much, and it's changed up the pacing of online. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not great at sort of fine manual aiming mm. without a, a keyboard and mouse, especially not in third person. So I'd, I've always quite enjoyed the fact that Splatoon is more about avoiding your opponents, spraying as much of the level as possible, a little bit of killing here and there if, if you happen to run face to face. If you turn a corner and they're right in front of you, you try and kill them so that they don't kill you, but that's really yeah. only when you engage in combat. Yeah. Well, certainly the way a way I play, and that's been yeah. a, a valid way to play. It's... And and you too, because you use the the splat. Yeah, button. I use the rollers because again, I'm not great at aiming, and you know that allows me to just run around painting the floor, trying to avoid combat, and like just trying to get everything covered. And I really enjoy that. Mm. But that's yeah, been but... less viable this week. Yeah, I've noticed. Like, oh, when was it? I think it was last Saturday. I started playing again, and I noticed that. All of a sudden, it wasn't so much, okay, make sure you paint your base. And it's, it's been a, a thing that's propped up in, like, the lobby area. Like, people have had as their doodles, paint your base, paint your base, paint your base. Hmm. But for the last week or so, it's been charge straight to the middle and fuck up your opponents. Well, even more than that, it's like, it's been charge to the middle and do some quick painting, then charge for the other end. And if it's a map where you can reach their base... Basically, try and have two or three people spawn camp. Yep. And, like, because you know exactly where people are going to respawn from, pop them before they can escape their base, and then leave, like, one or two people at most painting the map. Yep. And it's just... We, we've been trying to work out what's happened. Either there's been some kind of balance change, or it's been mm. something to do with the uh, the Splatoon championships happening. And yeah. Something's just changed the way people have been playing. Um, apparently, like, there's quite a big balance change patch coming, like, pretty soon. So, yeah, fingers crossed that changes things a little bit. But it's I hope so because if not, I'm I'm going to be very glad that I didn't buy the expansion, and that's probably going to be it for me for Splatoon. Well, I'm here's the thing: I enjoyed the single player content enough that I will probably still pick up the the expansion because it's single player focused, and I will probably still enjoy it. But yeah, I, I've I've had a good like 
you know, better part of a year of of fun out of Splatoon. Like it's yeah. it's been a really fun game for us to play together. Like while we've yeah. been like apart, it's been a really nice like multiplayer thing to do. Mm-hmm. But this last week has been just it's felt a bit weird. Yeah, it's felt like cod with paint as opposed to Splatoon that I've been used to. Yeah, and I'm I'm just hoping that this is like the the natural ebbs and flows of like any game online, like. There's a certain degree of if you jump in a game at launch, it's when it's got the widest player base, and you will most likely get pe- like paired up with people who want to play like you. Yeah. The longer you stick with a game like this, obviously, like the people who are still there are the more hardcore, dedicated people, and that's going to affect the online experience yeah. as it goes. But I'm hoping this sort of flows back the other way soon. I hope so. Um, I mean, like, oh. Probably dip into it again after the move, but for the moment I'm not impressed, which is a shame because this will be the second like um, multiplayer online game where a balance change has just made me go after many, 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 many hours of play, just going, yeah, I'm done. What was the first one? Uh, the other one was Awesome Noughts. I got uh. really into Awesome Noughts. I'm about seven hundred hours into that, and that's probably the most I've played any online game because I don't really get on with anything that's got chat in it. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, and they vastly changed Voltar, which was the only character I ever played. Uh, so I just, I, I've not really gone back to it. Although recently it's gone free to play. Um, so I imagine there's at least a good um, number of people playing in there. Yeah, fair enough. Because that was another issue that Autonauts had um, that towards the end of oh probably uh, probably about two years ago now it was just starting to you'd probably find maybe the same fifteen people on every night and that was about it yeah um so yeah that's the thing even even if it ends up sort of dying away for us soon I we we got a lot of good out of that game I still think that yeah. like we got our money's worth out of it. Oh, definitely. I've had uh, over 60 hours of play out of it, so I nice. can't deny I've had my money's worth. But yeah. that's not to say that I wouldn't like to play more the way I enjoyed it. That's that's fair. What else have you played? Uh, so I've been playing a few things this week. I'll I'll skim mm. through a couple of them like pretty quickly. So yeah. um, as we've been doing like trading card games of old and trying to get back into those, we did some of the Pokemon trading card game, we did some Magic the Gathering... Mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! was my one of choice for the longest time, and there are two things I know about Yu-Gi-Oh! One, I used to very much enjoy it, and two, I definitely never want to get back into buying cards for that ever. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe there's like some kind of happy medium where I can see where the, 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 the game is sort of at, and I found a website that I was recommended that's one I used to use, like, it's been around donkey's years under one name or another. I believe it's called Dueling Book is the current name of the site, duelingbook.com. Mm. And it's basically a completely free-to-play site where yeah. it's like, here is every single Yu-Gi-Oh card ever made. And mm. it keeps up to date on the ban list of like, right, you can have this many of this card and can't have this one at all. And here's your things. Put together your deck. We'll matchmake you. Play some free Yu-Gi-Oh. So... I jumped on there, and I was basically like, I'm going to make a deck of cards that I understand from playing a decade ago, and probably not win many matches, but it's fine, and just see how it goes. And yeah, I 
won a surprising number of games. I did not do nearly as badly as I thought I would with my decade-old deck that completely ignores all of the new mechanics that they've introduced. Mm. And I at least now understand how some of those mechanics work. Um, I was very, like, apologetic in the chat box. Every time a match started, I'd be like, hey, just a heads up, I'm probably going to lose. I'm probably going to have to ask some questions. I've not played since Synchro Summons were new about a decade ago. And surprisingly, the community on there was really good. They were very much like, yeah, it's no worries. Just, you know, give us a shout if you've got a question. We'll talk you through it. Um, mm. I ended up making a friend. I ended up chatting to someone on Yay. there and just having a really nice time and made a friend. Uh, so I generally had a surprisingly positive time. Um, I still don't understand how half of these new mechanics work, but I know how to do the things that I used to do on the current version of the game, Matt. So that's fine. And mm. the type of deck I used to enjoy playing is still, like, at least vaguely usable for, like, entry-level play, so I had a decent time. So, yeah, I played some online Yu-Gi-Oh! and I feel like I kind of understand what the game is now better than I did a week ago. Nice. Yeah, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, what have I played? Oh, yes. Um, uh, last thing I have fiddled about with playing wise um is uh, a short experience <laughs> uh, called it's spring again just released on switch oh yeah uh, is a uh, touch screen only so it's got to be played in handheld mode mm-hmm. uh <laughs> educational experience for ages two and up <laughs> now <laughs> i am clearly considerably older than that indeed uh, by by many many percent. Uh, however, it, I was so taken by the art style in the um, switch shop, I decided to pick it up with some of those coins I've randomly acquired over the all the time I've been switching. <laughs> um, so it's about ten minutes long, mm-hmm. and it takes you. Th- it teaches you the seasons with this absolutely stunning art style and very very cute. I I, um, I looked sort of I, I looked at your images of it that you put you put up and it mm. does look very adorable. I can't deny that. So you have um a a little creature that will sort of stand sort of in the in the midground and it changes sort of in the summer it's as uh, sort of quite uh, uh sort of uh, uh, in the spring it's sort of quite a um I can't remember what the spring one is. I know the, the summer one is sort of quite wafy and sort of almost horse-like. And the winter one is is very woolly. Clearly wrapped up nice and warm. Um, but then you've also got the, the three trees who look like little people holding their arms up. And get they get uh, different hairstyles throughout the year. And then there's the world who will... You just sort of quick click around and make all the, the flowers bloom or... Um, mushrooms grow in the, in the autumn. <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> um, but in in winter, the 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 earth gets little mittens, and oh. if you click on its face, it sort of hide sort of hides its eyes. Oh. It's it's really really fucking adorable. It does um, sound very adorable. Uh, and yeah, you can get through in about ten minutes. If you have little people in your life, then maybe you should give that a go if I need to look at the art style other than that just google the art it's really pretty it does sound like a very sweet thing to share with little people 
It is. Do you have anything else that you have planned? Uh, yeah, I have a couple of things to quickly rattle off. Um, mm-hmm. I've been playing more of Binding of Isaac. Um, oh, I, yes. I've literally just checked on my Switch. I was like, how much Binding of Isaac have I played? Because <laughs> like, this is the first time I've like really got into this game properly. Yeah. Binding of Isaac Afterbirth Plus, mm-hmm. 55 hours or more. So, like, that's more than I have ever put into that game before. Um, the big a... the big update since last time is I managed to beat the game on hard mode, mm-hmm. and I put myself up to greed mode, which is the next difficulty up, and greed mode is a bit more... It's a little bit different how it's laid out. Like, the big difference is rather than a series of rooms where you're sort of like finding your path and trying to find like, okay, here's the room where this one upgrade is and here's the the boss room and then I can progress. Mm. Instead, you are in a single room and you're fighting waves of enemies. Um, You can cut off the waves early before they have a natural break in them, but it it does does half a heart of damage to you to do that. So you're encouraged to do eight waves of enemies, and if you can beat them before a timer runs out, then you're only fighting one wave at a time. If you don't defeat the wave before the timer runs out, the next wave comes in and you're having to do deal with the end of one wave and the start of another at once. Mm. And then you've got two waves of bosses that are very similarly done. And the whole idea is, every time you beat a wave, coins get dropped, and then you have to decide whether to spend your coins on healing or on keys for item rooms or to purchase upgrades um it's it's definitely a very different way of pacing the game i'm i'm enjoying it 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 took me a while to get the hang of sort of getting the the pacing of how best to make use of the money you've got but i definitely see the appeal and i'm very much enjoying greed mode so i yeah I managed to make it to the final boss of greed mode well. and then get my ass kicked by it. So I managed to get that far. I was definitely not prepared for that boss, but I, I got to it and saw it for a couple of seconds. I can't remember if I've ever got as far as actually fighting greed, but I, uh, I have had a bit of a stab in. I, I was fighting ultra greed, <laughs> which oh, which was greed and then some. and It was very scary. Um, yeah. so that that is my continued progress. Is I'm I I now feel like vaguely like if someone saw me playing the Binding of Isaac, they wouldn't think I was terrible at that game now. So I'm like, yeah, I'm making progress. Yeah, um, I'm very tempted to go back to like the lowest difficulty because I suspect it. I'd probably be amazed by how much easier I find it now. Mm. Um. So yeah, that's that's my update on the uh, the Binding of Isaac, um, and I've got a couple of other things to rattle through very quickly. I went and saw my parents uh, over the weekend, and Ooh. I learnt to play a couple of of physical boardy card game things. Um, the first one, I played Mahjong for the first time. Ooh, I own a Mahjong set, but I've never played. Uh, so here's the thing about Mahjong. Mahjong is Kind of similar to if if you've ever played card games like uh, Rummy, where a big part of what you're trying to do is sort your hand so that you've got like a run and a str- you know a, a straight and a, a set of four or um, mm. whatever. Like you're trying to build a hand of cards to use your seven cards to be like, aha! I have this hand. I've completed a hand. 
therefore, because I did it first, I win. And it's a very similar, yeah. very similar idea here, but with tiles. And there's some different rules about when and how you can pick up either the face-up cards people have, uh, t- tiles that people have discarded, or whether you're taking from the the walls uh, that are all face down, so you don't know what you're taking. Hmm. But the big difference between this and those sort of card games is, oh my goodness, there are so many different types of hands you can build that have all have their own unique rules behind them. So, hmm. if you're playing Mahjong and you're a beginner, I highly suggest investing in a pair or like however many people you want to play of good, high quality, very visual books for what sort of hands you can put together. Um, I, I was playing at my parents with a, a book that basically had them sorted by things like, okay, are you going for runs? Or are you going for four of a kind hands? Or are you going for mm. hands that involve these types of tiles? It was very well organized so I could find a thing and be like, oh, I see roughly what I want to go for. But you mm. you either have to be very good at keeping like pages and pages and pages and pages of different <laughs> options of types of hands you can go for in your head at once, or be comfortable with flipping back and forth through a book and changing, like, oh, I, I want to go for this type of hand instead. Let me flick through the book and find one that I could maybe go for in that. Oh, good gravy. That sounds um, a bit much. It, it was a bit intimidating. Um, what, what I would say about Mahjong is, I feel like if this was, like, your game, this is the game that you really enjoy playing, oh. and you played it enough that, like, you've started to recognise those hands properly, I can see how there is an awful lot of depth to to it at, like right. how this could be a really nice step up from a card game like Rummy to have like this much broader set of things you can be going for but it is definitely it's a lot to take in hmm. and Cause, yeah because when I think of Mahjong I'm I'm used to uh, like the, the just tile matching game yeah which is not real Mahjong yeah no so the this version, it's like wearing a deck of cards. You've got like four suits that are one to like two to ace or whatever. Hmm. Here you have three suits that are numbered one to nine, but you also have two types of suits that only have four of them each. So you've got the four directions. You've got the four directions of the wind, so north, east, south, and west, and you've got four colors of dragons. Hmm. And of every ti- every individual tile, there are four of that tile available so if a t- if you need like a, a north wind and it's gone already there are still three more in the deck as it were mm. but yeah it it feels like games like rummy where you're trying to make straights and pairs and things like that to, to build a hand but the 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 far more complicated end point of that and mm. i feel like if you get it and you get into it there's a lot of game there to love and I think I picked it up relatively okay, but there's a lot yeah. going on. Well, perhaps you can teach me how to use the set I bought many, many years ago. Indeed, I'll see if my mum can 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 help us get a couple of the uh, the the books of hands that we had at hers because those were very well laid out. Um, hmm. And we'll we'll see if we can give it a go. And yeah. the other one that I played was a um, a card game that I'd never played before, just with a, a couple of decks of cards. It's called Up and Down the River. And every every player gets dealt a hand of 11 cards um, mm. every turn. 
And you start, like, I think it starts at six, works up to 11, and then back down to six over the rounds. And the whole idea is, if it's the first round and the number is six, you've got to make three of a kind and three of a kind, and the first one to make the three, the two three of a kinds out of their 11 cards, which adds up to the six, which is the total, because two threes. Mm. Uh, wins that that hand, and any cards the other players have left at that point, they you know get a score for, and that you know makes them lose. But it changes each <laughs> round, so it's like, uh, what is it? I think if if you're trying to make three of something, it has to be three of a kind, and if you're trying to make a straight, it has to be four. So like the second round is seven, so it's a three of a kind and a run of four. Then the next round is eight, so it's two runs of four. And it's it's this ever shifting like okay you're trying to like discard cards pick up new cards to make whatever type of hand that round requires you to make. This all sounds horribly complicated. It wasn't as complicated in in practice as I'm probably making it sound. Um, it's it's one of those it's one of those card games where you're trying to build a set hand and you pick up a card and then discard one card from your hand trying to build it. The thing I oh. thought was interesting about this one is at any time, even if it's not your turn in the turn order, if someone discards a card and that's one you want, you can ask to buy that card. If oh. Whoever's turn it would be in the turn order to take it, if they want it, has priority, they can say, no, you can't buy it, I, I want to have it. But if, you wanna, if, if they agree and let you buy it out of turn order, you pick it up, but you also have to pick up an extra card. And... The whole aim is to get rid of your hand, so it's like, oh, okay, if a card goes past and you need it, you can get it, but you're penalised for that. Which is like a mechanic I've not seen in those kind of games before. Normally it's just, oh, that card went past when it wasn't my turn to pick it up, I'm just screwed. You have the option to be like, I want to buy that card, but everyone at the table then sort of knows what you're going for, and you've had to take an extra card to do it. It was an interesting way of, of penalising but giving you options to not miss out on something. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so that that's what I played this week. Uh, that's everything we've played, I think, isn't it? I believe so. Oh, no, you have one other. <gasps> oh, what was the other? The Ruto Shippenden Trilogy. Oh, that's all right. I'll talk about that next week. Uh, okay. No worries. Yeah, that's everything uh, we've talked about, I think, isn't it? It is indeed. Huzzah! Well, now for whatever this thing is. Oh, hi, hi. Hi there, welcome to our car showroom. Um, uh, how can I help you today? Would you like to, to buy one of our, our cars? We've got some cars. Oh, it's just, uh, just after a bit of additional information, I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking ideally for a um, Alfa Romeo 147, one of the uh, 2008 ones, 1.9 litre engine diesel. You, uh, you, got any, you got any of those in, you know? Um, do you know what colour that one comes in? Um, uh, we've got, we got some, some cars. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't really care about the colour. I was specifically after a particular type of make. Do you know? Do you know if you got one in? Um, we got, uh, we got, we got uh, this. This one's got, uh, uh, it's, it's got uh, all, all the wheels on it, all the, including the steering wheel. Uh, so, uh, uh, it's. Uh, it's very oh. very nice. It, it's it's quite. We we've had it cleaned recently. Uh, we have them out on the lot sometimes. Sometimes they get a bit rained on. So we've we've given it a wash. Like uh, it's a nice can, car. Can you can you tell me about anything about the uh, the type of brake pads this one's got? Um, 
pretty sure it'll have brakes on it. Uh, we had to, to move it uh, when we were doing the washing earlier. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it, think it stops okay. And uh, hang on, just, yeah, give it a push. It, it definitely got some brakes on there. Yeah. Um... Right. What what about the what about the um suspension arm? What sort what sort of uh, suspension arm setup has it got? Is it uh, original uh, or is it a uh, retrofitted replacement one? Uh give me a sec, give me a sec. Uh, uh looks pretty new. Looks pretty new. Uh it's uh it's I mean there's all sorts going on down there. Uh I mean, you know, it's uh, it's got got nice seats in it. Uh they're um Probably leather or something, and they're sort of, sort of grey. Uh, you think that might be I'm, the kind of thing I'm, you're looking for? I'm, I'm, I'm a bit confused. Do you, do you do you know anything about cars? Um, and all that one's blue, and 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 it's got some wheels on it. That bit's the steering wheel, and all that. I'm gonna be fair. This is actually a real relief. I know nothing about cars. I googled some words before coming here uh, to 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 sound like I knew what I was on about for for oh, okay. I'm gonna be honest. I actually just I want one that's blue and that looks quite nice and that maybe has a CD player. You got one of those? Uh, that, yeah, I think that one's got a CD player because was I was listening to a bit of Ramstein oh, earlier. Oh, that's that's all right. Well, look when when we when we go by it, if 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 anyone like walks past also doing things, I'm gonna say some more car words and we'll pretend that like we know what we're. It's all right. I'll okay. cover for you. We'll pretend we know what to, we're doing. To be fair, I just blagged my way through the job interview, so uh, it's 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 uh, pretty much my first day, and well, I haven't got a fucking clue. You know, you know all those words I was saying. I was literally yeah, just looking yeah. at a car parts website and just reading off words to sound like I know what I was doing. So, so oh, Trying that, nice oh, plan. Oh no, it's, it's a good old one. Just type in any old maker car and just say, say words. They sound all right. Um, all right. Th- thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take the blue one with a CD player. Blue one with a CD player coming right up. That's um, oh, uh, I don't know. What's hundred quids? That seem that, right. That, that sounds. I, I don't know. That sounds all. That sounds fine to me. I don't know what's good for a car. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm... Yeah. Hundred quid. Awesome. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, it's almost time for us to end up somewhere else in the the, the, the flowing stream that is the life of a water molecule. Oh, oh. it's true, it's true. We, we move on, we move through the world. Oh, We're never stopping, never doing me- the same thing. Oh, you remember when we were that waterfall the other week, you know, because we remember that, because water has memories, because all true, is a real thing. Oh, absolutely. It was so fun, we were just rushing down there so fast. Oh, rushing. Well, we, so, we had such a lovely view from the top, and then, oh, splashing down and travelling along the stream before we were bottled up by, well, you know, some unspeakable human beings. Oh, what do you reckon we're going to be next? I'm, I'm waiting for the next big, next big thing we could be. We could be part of the ocean, we could be we could be the great divide between lands, or, you know, we could be an ice cube in a fancy martini that's going to be served to some member of royalty, who knows, what do you, what do you reckon? Absolutely, well, I imagine since I was bottled, I'd probably be pissed for a while, but, you know, I think I could probably get used to that. And then maybe we'll we'll move on and get get treated, because I do like a good nice treat. Oh, a good nice treatment. And then, then I said, oh, I don't know, I could, I could be anything, there's so much possibility, I might, be, I might try being a cloud for a while. Oh, there's beautiful, beautiful clouds, so many wonderful yeah. things we could, oh, 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 I think, I think, I think we're about to be poured oh, into, oh. we're being poured into a kettle, what, are we oh. going to be a nurse, are we going to be a cup of tea, cup of, cup of coffee, going to keep someone awake while they have a very oh. important meeting perhaps? They oh. might be using us to mop the floor, might, well, oh. that was some very hot oh, no. water for a good time, Is it going, oh, we're going to be so, oh no, oh, oh no, oh no, oh. I know what we're, oh. I know what we're going to be. What's it, what, what, what are we going to be, what are we going to be? We're being poured into a into a drunken student's 
pot noodle. Oh god, they're just gonna fall asleep and leave us here. Quick, I know. Float, uh, agitate, agitate, float to the top it's and try and float away steam. No, no, it's agitate, too late. Agitate, we'll sucked no. into the powder. We're just gonna get thrown away. Half drunk it. So, what have you listened to this week? Ooh, many things. Um, I listened to a an album called Unleash Yourself Ooh. by Ainako. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, they are a punk band from Brooklyn. Um, and I, I, I basically... Gwe- uh, I gwe- gwe- I googled, <laughs> I googled queer punk, and <gasps> Inako came out. Um, so it's a <clears throat> a punk album, uh, self-produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's initially I found it quite quite odd. It's all because at first it seemed like the there was a sort of dissonance between the band and the singer. Like, either the singer was singing off-key or slightly out of time. I couldn't work out what it was. Okay. But then I, I listened to it on repeat, like, three times. And actually, I quite liked the album. <laughs> nice. Initially, I was a bit like, I'm not sure about this. But uh, clearly, I liked it enough to listen to it three times. Um, Yeah, it's... um. Or may, it also The mixing is also a little off, because sometimes you can't quite hear the singer. But it's still a good... I, I think I like the rawness of it. Yeah, I, I, I can certainly empathise with that. Sometimes it's nice to have something that's just a little bit raw, a little bit like, this hasn't been polished up too much. Yeah. just kind of I mean, has a bit of feeling thing. to it. Yeah, and that's the thing I used to like about going to like live rock nights. Yeah. Um, back in my ute. Um, yeah, I, I, I like when you're like listening to a recording, it's like, oh, I can hear that that voice just like slightly tremble and crack in a way it never hmm. would on a, on a like a studio recording. Yeah, and 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 that's the other thing. It's 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 a band that you imagine would probably sound exactly the same in that recording as they would on stage, because very often with a studio album, it's polished to fuck. It's the absolute best version of everybody's performance designed to uh, sell more albums. But yeah, um, it was it was good. Uh, I like that, and I hope to see. I hope to see more. I haven't googled the lyrics yet, so I don't know if it's horribly problematic. I hope not. Um, I quite liked uh, Howl and What's Eating Me. Nice. I, so yeah, that's uh, Inaka. I I will have to give that a a listen to. What have you listened to? I've, I've listened to very little this week. I've not done my usual thing of go and listen to the Spotify Discover Weekly for the week because. <gasps> Like I'll I'll talk a little bit about this because like moving stuff is happening and my brain is doing the like ah oh, things are changing. My mm. my listening has been very much listening to like comfort food audio. It's been a lot of me yeah. listening to things I know inside out because audio is probably one of the better senses for if I do something on loop sensory wise with audio mm. it helps keep me grounded nicely um, yeah so like the main music thing I've listened to this week is I've been listening to my chemical romance albums on repeat um, <laughs> because I'm I'm a big old emo teenager that's you know I've aged like a decade maybe 15 years since then but inside I'm still an emo teenager. Um, Inside, we're all emo, emo oh, teenagers. Exactly. So the main album I've been looping this week is a lot of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, which was like 
the big like album of theirs that sort of like blew up after the debut one and mm. there's there's a lot of tracks on that that i i very much enjoy uh i think my favorite track on that album is still the jet set life is gonna kill you which mm. is a track that was for a while my sort of go-to track when doing a lot of commuting uh particularly last mm. year when i was doing a lot of a lot of travel for events for work it was my like song that I would put on repeat while I was very tired and traveling but I I think that that album like definitely a lot of it comes down to just it's it's comfort food I've listened to that album so many hundreds of times start to finish I know it inside out I can sort of almost tune it out when I listen but yeah um yeah it's just sort of like energetic rock that has like it's not as it's not as raw as the the sort of punk thing you were talking about like Definitely, mm. like, if you look at, say, MCR's first album, that was a lot closer to that. Um, this is yeah. definitely, like, just enough studio polish, but it's just, mm. like, angry but energetic rock. And it, it's enough yeah. that's just got that sort of sort of beat that just sort of, yeah, I can I can get through this week. Yeah, fuck you, world. Um, that, that being said, I've listened to that album a lot this week. I did at one point today switch and I started listening <gasps> to Danger Days off of their, d- na, their back catalogue. Na 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 God, that's now stuck in my fucking head again! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you do this to me every time. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the problem. If I mention or play na na na, Jane gets it stuck in her head for ages. Um... So yeah, I, I listened to that album uh, on loop like probably three or four times today while working, and I forgot how many like really good, interesting tracks there are on that album that sound nothing like other tracks on that album. Like it's it's such a it's such an eclectic album. Mm. I I oh, I absolutely love a bunch of stuff on it. Like I think my my favorite track on there at the moment that I think about is Planetary Go. Which hmm. is almost a mix of like rock music and upbeat dance music, and it just has this sort of like poppy electro beat to it. But hmm. it sounds like everything is just filtered through. It's it's rock music filtered through lasers and neon lights, and I kind of love it. <laughs> it's it's nice. one that makes me want to like get up and start like bouncing and jumping. Nice. So I'm very into that. What about you? What else have you listened to this week? I have been doing something very similar, but with against me instead of MCL. Uh, so I've been listening to uh, Transgender Dysphoria, Dysphoria Blues uh, pretty much on repeat. Uh, I, I, I switched this morning to uh, Shapeshift with me. So I just want to quickly note, I saw you mentioned that you'd you'd been doing the same with those two albums. I listened to both of them at least once today. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, talk, talk they about good they're, they're, they're good albums, aren't they? They they are really good albums. Um, I think uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues was my introduction to uh, against me. I know they've been performing for a, a while before that. I think um, I think it was a lot of people's introduction to them. I think so. Yeah, because that was the first one after Laura came out. Wasn't yeah. It? So well, ish. So if you go, if you go to the okay. well, here's what I'll say: if you go to the album Ooh. before Transgender Dysphoria Blues, Laura yeah. hadn't fully come out yet. But the <laughs> the last track on on the previous album is a track called The Ocean, and in that track mm. she sings about wanting to transition, wishing she transitioned, 
my mother told me that, you know, uh, she would have named me Laura uh, and, mm. you know, I'd grow up to be strong and beautiful like her. Like, mm-hmm. the last song of the previous album was basically the public coming out, where it's like, I'm, I'm just gonna throw a song on the end of this album that is about me being trans. And everyone was like, oh, huh. What, you're trans? You never gave us a clue. <laughs> and because I can't remember, I don't know if it's... Is it just the live performances? Because I know Laura's been talking about... Um... Like some slight variations on some of the older material mm. that have sort of brought it back to their original intended sort of meanings of being about sort of trans stuff. Um, so I know that that has happened with some of them, but the ocean was like from the first time it was released was yeah. like no, the trans. Yeah, no, no. I mean, like I because yeah. I know there's there are variation versions yeah, of some of the songs. I think, I'm not sure which I ones. Think, uh, I can't remember which ones it is, but I know it's... Uh, I think it's some of the ones that were on... What's the album called? Um, live live what, Sex Acts or something? Oh, 23 Live Sex yes, Acts. Yes, I think it's some of the ones on that, uh, that live album are the ones that uh, okay. they redid. I knew I'd heard some. I couldn't remember which where they were. Yeah. But yes, um, it's... It's good stuff. I mean, um, Transgender Dysphoria, please, that I, it's such a well put together album as well. It's it's you put it on and it punches you straight in the oh, face with music. It's, it's one of my favorite like energetics like like punky albums. But on top yeah. of that, like it it still hasn't been beaten in terms of like sometimes you just got a lot of like trans feelings. You gotta be like no feelings, and and that album's like oh okay yeah no it's cool just. About your feelings a bit. Let's let's rock out. Yeah, with some feels. It's, it's nice to have like a cool, very good rock out, al- like punk rock album that is also very affirming to identity. Mm. Definitely uh, more of that, please. Yeah, I th- there are several tracks on that album that I come back to when I just want to get energetic. Uh, yeah, I think my favorite off there are. Um... Black Me Out and Talking Transfer into Dysphoria Blues. Yeah, uh, those are good. Like, there, there, there are times and places for a lot of tracks on that. Like, uh, um, Dead Friend is one that like I go back mm. to sometimes, and I'm just like, oh, mm, yeah, oh, songs, oh, songs, yeah. so many feels. Good, good, good couple of albums. Yes, definitely. <laughs> What about you? Have you listened to anything uh, else? I've listened to one other thing, and this is again on the topic of just like audio comfort food. I, mm. I went back to the Adventure Zone and I re-li- I've been re-listening to one of the arcs of that that I really like. So I've been mm. I've been re-listening to their su- a Suffering Game arc. The saddest um, of all the arcs. In, indeed. It is it is the D&D arc in, in Taz where it's basically like, hey, what if we put these characters that you really love in a place where they basically just have to get hurt over and over and over again and have to keep having feelings because... Like oh oh no are you will if you you gotta you gotta do this you're willing to give this thing up isn't that sad oh my heart yeah it's um that's why I I find it quite a heavy going arc the the thing um, for me is like I know how it ends and I know the yeah. ending those characters ultimately get and as such yeah. I can listen back to it now and it's just like yeah it's suffering it's gonna but be like, okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay yeah um yeah I get that yeah it's. It, it's 
basically from there towards the end of of the show, like from there onwards, is my favorite section of Taz. So I'm just like, I'm I'm starting oh. there, and I'm gonna listen to like the stolen century and like the the final arc and stuff like that. So oh. I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to get back to the point where uh, Luke is first introduced. Yeah, oh, I'm so ready for that. So yeah, that's, that loop. there's 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 nothing particularly much to say about that other than hooray, going back to listen to podcasts that I know very well because uh, I need audio that I already know. Mm. What about you? Yeah. Well, continuing last week, I have listened to some more Venture Maidens. Ooh. I have listened to the first arc of that, which is 30 episodes long. Uh, how is it? It's really rather good. Um, I, I think some good feels in there at the end. I, I think this might have to be my first podcast after the move. I think it's definitely worth a look. Um, I would definitely worth a listen. I'm I very much enjoyed it. I've had a lot of fun with it, and I am probably going to have a bit of a rest now because I find that I get on better with D and D real play podcasts when I can. Pretty much mainline them, yeah. Which is what I did with Taz, um, because I think we were up. I think they were just starting the Stolen Century when I first started listening, so I had a lot to, of to sort of back up into, um, and I ended up listening all the way through to uh, sort of the very last Moon episode. Yeah, the last lunar before the very the big big finale, and then um, going right back to the beginning to go. Okay, <laughs> what did they talk about that I didn't quite pick up the first time? Yeah, there's, there's a bit of me that's tempted to do that with season three of Dice Funk, even though I was on it. Is I want to go back and <laughs> listen at some point and be like, what clues did I miss about the ending of that season while on that season? <laughs> Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to listen to that again. So that's another yeah. thing we could do together. I've I've gotten used to listening to D and D on a weekly or like bi-weekly basis as it comes out. Oh. Just by virtue of being on an ongoing D and D show, is I've had to get used to like, oh yeah. yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with like cliffhangers and coming back to them a week later. Netflix has ruined it for me. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> 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 just my my ability to go on demand okay i want to know what happens next yes i, so I d- when you make me wait for a new season uh, i'm not just no that's that's totally fair i want the podcast i want the whole podcast <laughs> <laughs> think of all the podcasters in the podcast minds who are having to work hard to finish them for you I think there's probably a skit in there next week. There's probably a skit in there somewhere. Well, there's a skit somewhere. <laughs> mm, somewhere under the skit mines. <laughs> so, have you listened to anything else? No, that's me for this week. I've just been Taz reruns and My Chemical Romance. Uh, that, that's me done too. Oh. So you know what? What? Let us move on. Podcasters, they don't really listen to us, do they? Oh, they don't listen to us at all, you know. They, they, they for, for all the people they want listening to them, they are not good listeners. All they do is they just stare at a wall and just talk, 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 talk their faces off at us. And they ever want to hear what we think about our weeks, how our ne- weeks have gone? No, never. They never ask us. Like, I, I have a blog, yeah. but they don't care about that. See, like... I'm sat on their desk all day while they're working. When they watch, when they watch a whole marathon of Yu-Gi-Oh episodes, I'm there. I see it. 
they they never ask what I think about Yukio this season. No, they don't care. We have thoughts too, you know. We. But... Oh, goodness, yeah, we do. What 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 is wrong with them? Where is the podcast for microphones for podcasting microphones to get our thoughts out? Exactly. Like there are lots of very famous uh, microphones, m- very often used for podcasting, but. No one seems to, like, pay attention to us as the microphones. Like, we are the voice behind the voice. We're, you know... They, we're in front of a, the voice. I, I, know, I know the two that do this podcast that we're on. They, uh... Every, every week they record ten seconds of silence. That's our chance to get our words said. And then they just use it for noise filtering and, and, and edit it out. It never makes the show that bit where they just shut up for ten seconds. I know. It's, it's like they don't even care about what we have to say. Oh, goodness. One of these days, one of these days, I'll get some arms and I'll be able to make my own podcast. Oh, I've already got an arm, but it doesn't seem to be doing me any favors. Yeah. Just holds me to this desk. Yeah, same. Good call. Uh, One of these days, I'll learn how to use this arm to make a podcast. Then they'll see. We don't need them. They need us. Let's rise up against them. Down with the podcasters. Down with the podcasting. Up with the podcasting microphones to do our own podcasts. And my blog. And your blog. (laughs) Oh, I remember this when it was all roads. Roads and buildings. Oh, goodness, yeah. Back when there was still civilization, Places to go, things to do back in the day. Yes. Those were were strange times. Oh, indeed. Oh, we had so much technology. Oh, remember when you could just, like, go on the computer to find out what the lesbian community were up to? You didn't have to go do a a trek through the sun-scorched wastelands. Avoiding the mutants, yes, yes. Indeed, and the robots, and the robot mutants. Yes, and the robot mutant insects. Oh, and the alien robot mutant insects, all those things. You used to just be able to click on a computer and type in the word lesbian and you'd find other people. It was it was, it was, was a far easier time to find your community. It's true, it's true. Um, and the fairies, you know. Oh, whatever you were into, you just, you know, the world was at your fingertips. Now if, you've, if, if you're looking for fairies, you've got to make sure that they're human and they're not one of the mutated animal-human hybrids that want to eat you because it's an easy mistake to make these days. It's true, but sometimes you can just, you know, boop the snoot of one of the mutants and they will just scurry off quite happily. Oh, indeed. You've just got to be hopeful that whether human or furry or or, or creature, that they... You've got to hope that they're one that enjoys a boop snoot. Well, you know, even I enjoy a boop snoot now and again. Who doesn't love an occasional boop snoot? Uh, mm. I, I I miss the days. I miss the days when you could just just, just pop pop to the shop and get some get some um, some some rum and uh, rum and coke and some uh, I, I don't know what what sort of uh, I'm trying to remember what things I used to enjoy back in the day. Uh, I Lego, Lego was Fanta. good. I enjoyed oh Fanta Fanta's good. Oh the fruit twist one. Oh. Mm. 
I know. Before, before all of all of it came alive and started eating people after the nuclear fallout. It's true. Never have uh, I been attacked by so many bright and colourful monsters as the day the mutagens hit the Fanta factory. Indeed. It was once Fanta fruit twist rather than now Fanta, Fanta human blood twist. That's true. It's true. Ah, oh. oh, civilization was quite a thing. Oh, for all our complaints, I sure do miss the convenience of not having to wear the hazmat suit when we go out to get the paper in the morning. Well, you know, sometimes the paper just sticks to the front door, you have to just push it off. But, you know, we take our hazard medication and enjoy the looking out at the wastes. Who'd have thought just a couple of misplaced tweets would have got us here? Oh, I know, it's dangerous what they can do. Just one person who shouldn't be on Twitter using it a bit too haphazardly. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, yeah. Indeed. What have you been looking at this week? What have I been looking at? Now, see, I yeah. noticed you've changed it from what have you been watching to what have you been looking at. I assume that means that you've looked at some things that were not the television, and I'm excited for this change of, of format where we're, where we're switching it's, it all up. It's not entirely a change of format. I have on several occasions used what have you shoved in your eyes this week. Oh, indeed. I, I, you know, it's just one. I, I, it it is, never really caught on. It's but the this first, week it's it's more the first time I really noticed. Like, oh, I see. But um, that's only because you've read the topic list. Yeah. Well, I always read the topic list. I'm, 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 I'm well behaved. I, I read what we're doing. Um, what I'm suggesting by that is that it's no big surprise as to why I am yes, yes. battling around the bush. Well, with that. Uh, things that I have shoved in my eyes this week. I, I again, it's just been like comfort watching. I've not really started watching anything new because I'm just like I want to watch stuff that I know and I know is going to mm. have a good ending and everything. So I need happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix added season five of Yu-Gi-Oh, which is like the one season mm-hmm. that I never watched like start to finish properly when it was airing. So I mm. I watched through that. I binge watched that this week and um, yeah. I, I vaguely, like, I, I knew what happened in the final five episodes anyway. There's a big Yu-Gi-Oh card game fight that's, like, the big one of the show, and I'd already watched that, mm. so I was like, I know it's all going to work out, it's fine. Season five is weird in that it's, like, a few different stories back-to-back. It okay. it starts off doing a very short arc that is a card game tournament that I very much enjoyed. Mm. Then it does, like, a medium-ish length season in the middle of that that is completely a spin-off and I did not care for in the slightest. I could not care less okay. about it. It was oh no, they went in a pyramid and got transported into this car- uh, this this capsule game that had never been acknowledged before in the show and it clearly feels like they're trying to make this a thing so they can sell some toys before the show ends. It's... Okay, but not because the whole like Yu-Gi-Oh is supposed to be about being a master of all the games. Yeah, no, it, it's not digging into that. It's not going into the thing for the the manga where it's like the pharaoh was like the king of games and he did lots of games. This is just mm. w- this week they are playing a new game that is so definitely not Yu-Gi-Oh. It's got capsules in it, even though it's the same creatures. Oh no, now that game that they only found about today is the bit, most important thing in the world, more important than Yu-Gi-Oh! Ah, go do the thing. 
Um, and because it's not Aww. following the card game, they they very much play Calvin Ball with the rules. They just like arbitrarily decide who wins, and it feels like there's no structure. Wait, isn't that how Yu-Gi-Oh works anyway? People like to make the joke that the Yu-Gi-Oh show just makes it up as it goes along, but that. At the very least, the show of Yu-Gi-Oh! is like, look, there is a structure to it. You've got monsters, you can only summon one per turn, attack mode, defense mode, magic cards, trap cards, this many slots on the field, this is how the turn order works. Like, there is a structure, there is, there is like, a oh. game happening. But with this capsule thing, it's just like, I put the capsule in my wrist, I fired it out, and that monster comes out. And even though that monster has a lower attack than that monster in Yu-Gi-Oh!, it beats it in the capsule game because... We didn't show any numbers. It just won, okay? It's it's better in this in the capsule thing. And the plot is like r- run around in circles. Um I think it was something to do with the Alexander the Great was secretly um being controlled by a evil <coughs> a evil force in ancient Egypt and he was secretly buried in a pyramid and mm-hmm. they accidentally <laughs> let him out and then they had to it was very weird i that sounds absolutely batshit i think i love it it's batshit but like i like Yu-Gi-Oh because as much as they occasionally fudge the rules and i might get a bit annoyed it vaguely follows the structure and routine of the card game which i enjoy and mm. this arc of 10 or so episodes just felt like it was so nothing because it's like mm. no it's not even trying to es- establish any rules it's just and then the thing happened because it happened, okay? Shush. Um, so, because reasons. Yeah. So that ends. And then we get like another story that again doesn't use the mechanics of Yu-Gi-Oh at all, which is, hey, the Pharaoh's going to finally like go into the past and recover his memories and find out what's going on with that. I vaguely enjoyed that. I enjoyed getting the exposition of like, okay, this is the Pharaoh's whole deal and like why the whole thing behind the uh, the cards being real is all about. Very, Hmm. like, I enjoyed that even if, again, it's like the bit of my brain that's like, no, there are rules to how these cards work and what monster is stronger than what monster and why is that able to beat that, but that not able to beat that, that doesn't... And then it ended with, like, a five or six episode long really good fights, uh, fight episode where it went back to Yu-Gi-Oh! mechanics. And I was like, oh, th- this is what I like. Just no filler. Five or six episodes of just, like, a really good, really long card game. So that was season season five of Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm glad I finally saw it. But the ten episodes or so where it's entirely a spin-off designed to sell, like, here's the Yu-Gi-Oh! monsters, but they're in a plastic ball. I was not a fan of that bit. Buy the Yugi Gacha. Buy the Yugi Gacha. That was basically it. They wanted you to buy Yu-Gi-Oh Gacha pons that you could put into a thing on your wrist and fire out. It, it was weird. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. That, that's everything I've been watching this week. It's just like 50 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh. That, that, I mean, that's a good amount of Yu-Gi-Oh to have watched. <laughs> good amount of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. The, the 10 episodes or so that were about the capsule stuff... I did do a lot of, like, scrubbing through. There were several episodes where I, like, oh. hovered my mouse over so I could see the thumbnail preview of what was happening, and I, like, looked across the episode. I was like, nothing, 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 nothing. Gonna skip to the next one. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No- oh, that looks like it's important, and I would skip ahead to that. <laughs> <laughs> so at least ten That's... of those episodes I skimmed. 
I think that's a goodly amount of, of Yu-Gi-Oh! to have watched. Yeah, I've watched enough of it that I'm like, I've now seen all of that show, at least. Huzzah! Oh. Uh, what about you? What have you been putting in your eyes? Well, I... Because I needed things to talk about this week, I started watching the Netflix Lost in Space series. Can I just say, you're better than me because I was like, this week, I'm just, if it's a quiet week, it's a quiet week, I'm not stressed. So well done you for like... <laughs> Yesterday was the only day that I knew that would probably be okay to chill on, so yeah, I had, I'd got on and chilled. I had a similar feeling, the rest of this week's not going to be chill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell me about Lost in Space. Um... Do you, have you ever seen the original series? I don't believe I have. Have you ever seen the god-awful film with Matt LeBlanc? I don't believe I have. Then then never watch the god-awful film with Matt LeBlanc <laughs> okay. and, and Gary Oldman so is, chewing the scenery. <laughs> so what is, what is the general idea and how's the Netflix one? Okay, so the general idea um, of the original series was that the uh, Earth has become massively overpopulated and people are... Going to to colonize other planets. In this one, we have um, the Robinson family, and there's the um, mum, dad, and three kids, and they are all, apart from one of them, technically highly, highly trained for all the things that you would need to survive on a strange planet. They're being sent to Alpha Centauri, and Suddenly, as they are out in in space in their their big colony ship, uh, there is a big problem. They are seemingly attacked by something, and they crash down on the in in their sort of smaller, um, I suppose, like sort of landing craft. And all of the, as far as I can tell, all of the um, the colonists end up on this planet. Uh, unfortunately, they are unable to communicate with the original ship, or their their main ship, their mothership, their mothership, uh, because they've uh, the, there is a, there is a problem with communication that I won't spoil. It is explained in about episode four. Um, and it, at first, it is very much a case of we have to survive on this fucking planet, and we've got no food, we've got no supplies. We've evacuated our ship, and our ship has immediately fallen in the water, which has promptly frozen solid. Yeah, temperature dropping and that's so forth. That's not a great it, start for them. <laughs> the first the first episode is really hard going. Um and there one of them is is trapped frozen in the ice with 5 hours of oxygen. Uh one of them ends up falling down a hole. Um the mum ends up with a, a some serious damage to the leg. Uh the the the, the the one who is a doctor is frozen in the ice, so she can't explain how... She has to explain to someone who isn't a doctor how to perform surgery on mum's leg. <laughs> it's... It's... Yeah. That sounds like a there's, lot. Like that's... There's a lot of quite high drama going on in the first week, in, in the first episode, and then all of a sudden there's this fucking robot thing that looks terrifying. <laughs> Um, and then you've got sort of this this second story of um, Doctor Smith. Uh, in the original series, Doctor Smith was sort of a, a a bit evil and quite sort of a, a bit of a bungling fool. He was um, in the sort of the first series of the the original show. He was 
quite malicious and sort of deliberately deliberately trying to uh cause th- cause them grief um he'd basically been sent to sort of sabotage the whole mission and ended up getting trapped on the ship as it lifted off um and then then got them lost in space um but in this uh, you see this um woman uh and she as as the the mothership is sort of exploding around her, she helps this person who's been clearly injured, uh, whose jacket uh, announces that they are Doctor Zed Smith in the original show. I believe it was Zachary Smith, um, and she sort of helps him to one side, convinces him to take his jacket off so she can get a look at the wound, and then just grabs his jacket and fucks off. <laughs> Be like, I'm a doctor. I need to get on the lifeboat. Thanks very much. Um. And it's like, oh, okay, and yeah, it is very much sort of following that. That's what she does. She's the evil one. She sabotages shit. Um, and yeah, I've I've heard some pretty bad reviews about people who watch the whole series. So far, it's some interesting drama, and I'm about four or five episodes in. Um, they're about forty minutes each odd. It's uh, yeah. I'm in- kind of enjoying it so far. I, w- I will see what happens. Uh, they've just encountered uh, the bit I've got to. They've encountered some other survivors, so m- we'll see how the interactions with with other colonists go. Ah. Have you watched anything else? No, I just Shut watched Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> just Yu-Gi-Oh. Just Yu-Gi-Oh. This week, Yu-Gi-Oh's comfort food. Nothing. It's nothing bad's ever going to happen. They'll draw some cards. They'll. Magically get the card they need. It's all good. Every time, the heart of the cards. the heart of the card. They explain the heart of the cards at the end of season <gasps> five, and it kind of ruins the concept. Oh, is it like the end of um, uh, Battlestar Galactica? Um, when you just watched the last episode, what was it? Was it the last episode? No, it was the plan. Yeah. So, which sort of comes at the end, and you're just like, mm, I didn't need that explanation. So Yu Gi Oh has been out long enough. It's not like a huge spoiler. The thing, basically, they try and give an explanation for it, and it kind of makes everything less cool in hindsight. Like the heart of the cards is always presented as this thing where it's like, look, if you hope and believe enough, then maybe like luck will be on your side, and everything will work out. The mm. way they recontextualize it in the last episode is like, no, 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 Yu Gi and the Pharaohs like force of will is so strong that they are the they are like changing the order of cards in their deck to be the card that they need it to be like they they are using their mind to reshuffle reality and to like physically move cards through the deck into the right position to be like no i wanted it to be that card so the universe moved things around to make it my card I was just joking when I said midichlorians. Yeah, Jesus. It, it's kind of, it's kind of almost midichlorians, and like, it's su- like fundamentally both explanations are: if you believe enough, then the card you need will be the card you draw. But just like something about the way they explained it, just took it, su- took it away from being like hope and believe, and you know things will work out your way, to being like no, you are using literal magic to cheat. If I believe it, then I can be it. Yeah. Blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> uh, so what about you? What else have you put out? What else have you put in your eyes? Nothing I shoved in my eyes. I finally got round to reading uh, Lumberjanes, Volume 7. Ooh, how's that? It's brilliant. I love Lumberjanes. It's so wholesome. And there were kitties in this one. Magical kitties. 
Ma- magical um, kitties are always good. Yes. Uh, so, uh, for anyone who has been following Lumberjanes, um, uh, Ripley was briefly a, 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 a Greek god and uh, created many kitties, magical kitties, and now the magical kitties are doing things. And they are having some trouble with a big-ass rock that has stolen the elders of the Lumberjanes. And they have to go up a mountain with the help of magical kitties to get the elders back ah. without killing the rock. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, it's, uh, it's more sweet wholesomeness and very sweet wholesome things happen that I will not, uh, will tell about. If you've not read Lumberjanes, it is about a, um, a summer camp for hardcore young lady types. And it's very queer friendly and it's, it's, there are magical things happening in the woods. And despite the fact they seem to have been there for a very long time, it's only been a, a few weeks in the outside world. And they are trying to get their badges, which are always strangely appropriate things for what's going on. <laughs> and, and Gary's lots and lots of glitter. <laughs> glitter. It, it, it is a very good series. It's such a good series. Oh, there is, there is one other thing that I saw with my eyes this week. That oh, um, this is just like a vague tease. Hopefully, it'll be finished in time that I can like tell you next week more about yeah. it. But um, there's an area near where I currently am living where a couple of like cargo containers got put down, and I was okay. like, "What's going on with these?" And I think it's something to do with some like independent arts festival that's happening. And over the last couple of days, like some big piece of art has started happening on some cargo containers, and. Uh, uh, what is currently there appears to be a very, very unflattering image of Margaret Thatcher that's like clearly meant <laughs> to be like s- clearly whoever's drawn this does not like Margaret Thatcher. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, and on the yeah. other side there is one of the- just like everyone yeah. else. And then. on the other side there is an equally unflattering one of Theresa May, and both of them like look like there is space that they're going to do like a speech bubble or something. And I think both of them are going to be like art pieces where it's like the two of them being like. Here, here is some commentary on their shitty political opinions, perhaps. Down with the gays, or in in milk, indeed. or yeah. We used to. Uh, I well, at least Thatcher only stole your milk. <laughs> May stole your entire school dinner. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen with these bits of art, but hopefully they. By the time that you hear this, I will no longer be in the place where these bits of art are being made. But hopefully by then they will have finished them, so I can find out like what the art is. We'll ask some local friendies to have a Indeed, look I will get some local friendies to like update me on the the what what appears to be anti Thatcher and anti May pieces of art on the side of shipping containers that are happening. Oh. That well, I mean that is surely the best kind of art. Yeah. Anything anti Tory. Uh anything else? That is it for things I've shoved in my eye hole face bits. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty concerned when the, the, there's been this huge socialist communist revolution going on, and, and I'm very concerned that these people they're not really buying anything. Like it used to be the m- millennials we had a problem with, but now it's very much these revolutionaries. Don't worry, don't worry. You 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 what you're failing to see here is a total marketing opportunity. What we need to do is we need to pounce on this. We need to be selling 
capitalist merchandise for a socialist revolution. You, you, you want, you, do, you, do you see where I'm going with this, or do you need me to spell this out? I mean, are we selling more of those V for Vendetta masks? Oh no, the V for Vendetta masks, I think, you know, the, that, that time is coming, gone. What we need is, is, is t-shirts that say, down with capitalism, because if we manufacture those, we can manufacture them cheaper than anywhere else, cheaper than it is to, to, to create your own one, and those people who want to have down with capitalism, we can sell them a down with capitalism shirt cheaper than they can make their own. That's where we fit in the market. I mean, we've been selling them t-shirts with Che Guevara on for years, so... I mean, we're already kind of hitting that market. I'm just wondering if there's anything more we can do. Like, I noticed they use a lot of masks and a lot of sort of black hoodies and, and, and boots. Uh, just just wondering, sort of, if, is there any way we could maybe sell those, find a way of maybe marketing things like that? Oh, I know, I know, I got it. So we sell we sell all that that head to toe black stuff that that they wear to you know not get in trouble when they're they're doing their counter protests. But we sell personalized ones, so everyone knows that they were the one there because then everyone's like you know they can do their their selfies and it's got their name yeah. on it, and then then you know well their followers know it was them, and then you know that's good for them and. It's good for us, because... It's good for just, their business, it's good for our business. Oh, exactly, yeah. Personalized, anonymous black clothing that's definitely personalized so they can be... Their their followers know who they are. That's 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 the ticket. That's a good plan. Well, like, we make it sexy that they have the latest, the newest versions of the the, the black jeans, the black hoodies. We'll, we'll oh, do it, yeah. like, a, maybe we'll do a, a special urban Antifa range, something like that. Oh, goodness, yeah, you're not Antifa unless you're wearing our Antifa range. How about, the, can we market the word, can we, like, uh, get a patent on the word Antifa, like, at all? I don't we'll, think anyone's tried yet, because, you know, common sense says you shouldn't. That just means it's open for us. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I notice some of them are getting a little bit more uh, aggressive in this revolution, since it just sort of just go from counter-protesting into full-on uh, glorious revolution, as they're calling it. Um, so maybe we could uh, start, find some way of marketing, like, uh, these Molotov cocktails to them. Oh, indeed, what we do, and this is how you get them in a store, as you see, is because they got the word cocktail in them, you just stick them in the, the, the spirits aisle, see, that we'll get them in stores. Nice, nice. Now, is there any way we could sort of uh, do, like, a add-on sales, so we'll sell them, like, the... the the bottle of petrol, and then we'll sell the rags separately. We could sell... I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. What is it? Tell me. Tell me. We sell the rags in packs of ten, but we sell right. the bottles of petrol in packs of six. Oh, my goodness. You are a genius. You are a genius. See, this is why we've got you on the company payroll. You, are, you, do, you do the Lord's work. Right. So, any more business today? Oh, I think this is it. I think that we're we're gonna make a lot of money out of people not wanting us to make a lot of money. Absolutely, absolutely. Evil <laughs> revolution on. <laughs> um, hello. Is 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 this the the correct room for the doctor? Yes, this is the room for the doctor. <laughs> Perhaps you have some kind of malady that I can have a look at. Uh, um, yeah, but I'm, um, 
I'm I'm now a bit nervous about talking about it. Um, oh, um, don't be afraid. I've seen it all before. Horrifying things, terrifying things, things where bits of people just seem to be dropping off. <laughs> um, nothing quite like that. I've just got a bit of a, a, a lump on my head and I'm not quite sure about it. Bit of a lump? Mm. Yeah. And how exactly did you get this? Did it suddenly appear in the night, somewhat menacingly? Were you bitten by something? Struck by an object? I I think I just hit my head before bed or something, I think. Oh, you should be very careful not to sleep. You could have concussion. (laughs) As as much as you're... Demeanor generally concerns me. You do seem to know what you're on about. Oh, absolutely. I've trained for many years and had very many years' experience as a general practitioner. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate your confidence in your work, but perhaps, perhaps it'd be worth learning to slightly change your voice because I'm a bit terrified. Are you concerned by my bedside manner? I'm terribly yes, sorry. Yes, yes, just I a little bit. Su- I suggest perhaps just a little ice wrapped in a towel. It might help the swelling go down. Okay, <laughs> okay doctor, thank you. I hope you feel much better. Obviously do give me a call if anything concerns you. Um, I hope I feel better too, because then I don't have to come back here. Thank you, bye. (laughs) Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Right, right, Barry. Yeah, yeah, I'm all all, all right, Larry. Yeah, how's it going? Uh, It's it's, it's going all right. Um, You know, it could could be better, I am... I had a, I had a, I had a, 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 a speeding fine this uh, this week. It was a bit unfortunate. You know, it was nothing big. I was doing, I was doing thirty eight in a thirty zone at like five in the morning. You know, I was in the Larry, room, but it's, you know, it, it sucks all the same. It's, it's still a thirty is. zone, Larry. I know, I know. Residential. This is the thing. Is I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to grumble today about you know getting the fine. It is what it is, but. It, 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 you know, it got me thinking about a topic that, you know, I think about from time to time. Uh, are, are you aware that, uh, I believe it's in Finland, are you aware that, like, fines for stuff aren't, aren't uh, a set amount? They're proportional? Well, I, I, had, I had heard that. Oh, I've very yeah. much been a, a, a believer that uh, one sh- one's uh, punishment should uh, fit the crime uh, proportionately oh, to one's ability to uh, to pay. Indeed, like this is a thing that like I talk to people about this a bit, and I I've I've always liked this idea of proportional punishment because like people will say, "How is it?" Let Let's say someone gets a speeding fine, and someone might say, "You know, the fair thing to do is to charge the person the the you know there is a set fee for a speeding fine. Your speeding fine is two hundred quid." Whether you're rich or poor, that's the amount because, you know, if you charge someone more and someone less for the crime, then that's not fair. But, you know, there's a very good point to be made that, you know, a couple of hundred pounds in a fine to someone who's, you know, who's on the breadline could be, you know, the thing that, that makes them That could be deaf to them. That could be deaf to them, exactly. Whereas someone who's a multi-millionaire, if, if your fine for speeding is 200 quid, 
they're never going to care about speed limits ever because that that amount means nothing to them. It's it's throwaway pocket change and. Exactly. At that point, they might as well just set up a direct debit with the with the court and just go on a massive uh, speeding rampage. Exactly, and this is why I, as you know, as I individually, I'm quite a fan of proportional raises and lowering of crimes. You know, if, you know, if you charge a person who is is on the breadline, say, you know, thirty quid for that for that speeding fine, that's probably still going to make a big dent to them and be like, oh, I can't afford to be doing that. Yeah, you know, charge. But they're not going to starve to death. Exactly, you charge hundred grand to that multi-millionaire. It's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not going to starve to death, but they are actually going to feel it, you know, in a yeah, proportionate manner. Exactly, it is noticeable, and it is again like you know they're going to have to go a little while without luxuries as a result. Like it's it's a punishment that has an effect on them. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. But, it has yeah. to have an effect, otherwise, what kind of punishment is it really? Nothing that's at it. all. That's it. The, the punishment, you know, it's this idea that the punishment should have to be the same to be equal. It's like, no, it's the effect it has on you should have to be equal. And that's, you know, that's how how you make the punishment equivalent to everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. Indeed. I don't think I've got much more to say on this, honestly. I just think it's a thing that like, no one really thinks about. People don't question the fact that you know, the same amount goes to you no matter how much or little you make. I think people just need to think about that more as an option. Especially given that we are currently living in a uh, a country where uh, we, uh, you know, we, we fat cats are getting away with just about anything. Uh, with almost no punishment at all, barely, barely paying taxes of any sort. So, yeah. you know, I think I think it's nice that somewhere in the world some uh, some level of justice actually happens. It's uh, the economic divide is getting bigger than it's ever been, and this is this this goes away to addressing some of the the inequalities caused by that divide. Well, with that, I'm going to go actually go bury my fine because you know, regardless, <laughs> I did get it, and we live in the system we live in, so I'm going to go pay my pay my fines. Well, I hope you will be careful driving around residential areas in future, Larry, because oh, know, and, nothing worse than stumbling home at uh, at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, in a perhaps slightly more carefree manner than you like, you know, almost to uh, suddenly find themselves run over because that, that eight miles an hour could make all the difference. Oh, That's indeed, what I think about. indeed, indeed. I'm aware. I'll get it. Well, it's been lovely chatting to you, Larry. Uh, always is, always is. I'll speak to you soon. See ya. So, hmm? do you need a bra? I do need a bra now that the sun's gone in again. <laughs> you're getting, you're getting some, chilly. I, I had some swampy underboobs for a while, but uh, <laughs> now I am I am happy for the support and willing to run down the hill again. <laughs> Tell me, purveyor of bras, what bras have you for today? What sort of bras do I have for you to yes, peruse? Oh yes, dear. Uh, do you need a bra? Mm-hmm. Give me a sec. Got fun. Got fun. The bra list was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> It's more, surely it's more of a bra drawer than a bra list. <laughs> let me let me rummage through the bra drawer quickly. Ooh, you can rummage through my bo- bra drawer in <laughs> Bra drawers. Episode nine. The Phantom B Cup. <laughs> Sorry. Do you do you need a bra that like? 
it's it it doesn't think that this thing is even worth worrying about. It it, it informs you that just like don't don't even worry about it. Yeah. Broadly a problem, brah. Wow. <laughs> I tried was... to bookend it with bras at both ends. I was like, can I can I can I start and finish a bra a bra joke on a bra? I'm having I'm having trouble getting the, the hooks together on this one. because right, I feel that that bra was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Uh, I love you too. Do you... you know, occasionally I try and mess with the format. I, I try so something. I, new I do it sometimes too, and and very the 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 fact that it, it I I had to start planning days in advance for bras, uh, <laughs> and and I'm finding this more the case more often means that we may soon run out of bras. Oh no! Uh, here's the thing. I've not told. I've not told you this yet, Jane, but I have an idea for what might be a sequel to the brass. Oh, I was just going to ask audience questions, but if you've got another um, idea, audience questions certainly works. But um, I on on moving day, I might drop on you mm-hmm. a test run of the sequel to Brass. <gasps> dum, dum, dum. Let's see how I, let's see how confident I feel in it a few days from now if I still think it's funny. Do it anyway. Yeah, let's we'll workshop the thing. We'll need something to entertain us on moving day. Uh, do you need a bra that will tell you the size of the world's largest tropical rainforest? Yes. Jungle is massive, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that 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 tries to discourage you from staying in on a night uh, on a night and goes, no, 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 you should you should really be on that night out that all of your friends are going to. Yes. No, come on out, brah. <laughs> Do you need a bra that will vibrate a warning when strangers are approaching? Yes. Coming at you, brah. <laughs> oh, I think I'm done. I think that's it. That's that's really? bras. I have I have one more. Oh, tell me about your last bra then. Do you need a bra that doubles as a boomerang? Yeah. Right back at you, brah. <laughs> Okay, that that's that that was good. Well done. <laughs> uh, with that, that's probably a place for us to wrap up for this week, isn't it? It is. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. I hope you've enjoyed again. Jane, where can people find you on the internet this week? This week I can be found on the internet and only on the internet because I'm moving everywhere else. I will be Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube and I will be Janiac Magnet on SoundCloud and you can find all my other random shite at stonemonkeyradio.blog. Laura, yeah. where do you Oh, work? me. You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can also find me Monday to Friday 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on seasons 3 and 4 of Dice Funk, which is a D&D real play podcast. Uh, they're all self-contained stories. Seasons 3 and 4 are the ones with me on, so, you know, you should check those ones out. And that's about it. So, until next time, be a stranger. quite strange. <laughs> <laughs> he hey hey.